All right, well, thank you guys. If you have your Bible open to John, the Gospel of John, it's uh, just about there in my Bible. Uh, or you can uh, Google John chapter 1, really maybe Google John chapter 20. That's where we're, actually, we're going to start in Matthew. We're going to start a verse-by-verse study of the Gospel of John today. I'm so glad you've joined us. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at Providence, and we're just thankful for you guys that are doing watch parties. We'll see you online on Facebook and on our website. We see folks from uh, uh, Kansas and New York and Ohio, just all over. We're just grateful uh, that you're here, I think even Indiana, and so we're just grateful that you joined us uh, this morning. We do miss you, those of you that live around here and are our regulars, and, and so we're going to start um, just walking through John, verse by verse. We're going to take larger chunks and, and get through it. It's neat. If you have uh, the Version Bible app, this morning you woke up with this verse. You woke up and read the verse for the day is I, John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And the Gospel of John is just one of the most beloved of the four Gospels uh, there is. In fact, one of the reasons, it's interesting that I've never really preached through it as far as I remember, uh, verse by verse, because on July 14th, July 14th, 1989, July 14th, 1989, um, I was wrestling, I was struggling with... um, wanted to get it settled, whether or not I was really a believer. I wanted to make sure. I wanted to um, really feel like I'd, I'd never really stepped across the line to trust Christ. And so on that night, I, I was at a place called Lake Yale in, in Florida at a, at a conference, at a retreat, and I stayed up most of the night, or I stayed up late, and I read um, all of this gospel. I read John chapter 1, John chapter 2, John chapter 3, John chapter 4, and that's what I want you to do. I want you to do that this week. I want us to read, uh, just, uh, I should do the application at the end, but I want to encourage you, challenge you to read. Let's together, let's read the Gospel of John this week. Just three chapters a day and seven days we'll have read the whole book. But I want us to spend time in the Gospel of John. And it was in reading through this Gospel, um, this account of Jesus' life from really one of his best friends, that I realized um, who he, who he really was, and that I'd never really given my heart to him. In John 11 especially, he says, Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me, and I looked back on my life and I saw I'd never really followed him. And it was in those moments, in John 10 and 11, somewhere in there, it was just as though God were just showing me, listen, you need to step across the line. I'm calling you. Will you answer? And so I surrendered my life to Christ on July 15th. I feel like that's the day I look back on it. Happened somewhere around there. I don't know. That's a moment that I can remember at least where everything changed. I didn't become perfect um, by any stretch, um, but it was just really nailed down from that point forward that I was all in and following Jesus, and he gave me a, a new trajectory for my life. And, and he used this, this gospel, this account from one of his best friends to, to really get me into that. And, and I should have preached it before. It's, it's, uh, it's been there. So today we're going to do a little different. Because um, normally, and honestly, my default, the way I've been trained, what I'm comfortable with, is, is going verse by verse through a book of the Bible. And we haven't been doing that. Everything's been a little off balance lately, trying to take big paragraphs. But kind of, we've jumped from Jeremiah 29 to we were in 2 Timothy uh, 4 last week. And so it's, I'm, just, I'm really ready to settle into this. So hopefully by the time, and when we started, we planted Providence, we started in Matthew and went all the way through, and, um, 
And then, and so for, for this, it's just a great thing for us to get back together soon. We'll be back together soon, and we'll be at some point in John when that's possible. And uh, so uh, even before we meet in person, I want us to read John together. Now, now this, this letter, so it's an introduction today, so it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to, um, we're going to talk a little bit kind of about the background, be a little bit like, like class this morning. We're going to get, get some context for, for who John is and for um, what this, this, this account, this gospel account is. There are, um, there are four gospels in the, at least that's what we call them, four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels. That means that they, they have a lot of similarities. They share a lot of the same stories and, 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 and a lot of times in the same order, um, and they have, uh, they're, just, they're just a lot very similar. And John stands alone. It stands apart. It's unique. We, we believe, scholars think it was probably one of the last gospels written, uh, although it was written and it's a first-hand account from John. We think he wrote it when he was older and when he was in the city of Ephesus. And so as John is, is, is kind of preparing this and, um, and, and, and sharing this letter, he's thinking back about all these things. And God has actually brought these things to his mind. And, and, and this gospel is so loved. It has some of the, the best verses that you ever, maybe the first verse you ever memorized is from the gospel of John. In John chapter 3, verse 16, where, where Jesus said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that came as a result of a story that only John shares with Jesus interacting with Nicodemus. And, um, and so there's this amazing, uh, there's a lot of stuff in John that's not in these other gospels that, that's not recorded there. Now, now the author of this letter, he's actually not named in the book. John, his name doesn't really appear. He talks about a guy named John the Baptist, but he doesn't mention his own name, which is weird because in Matthew and Mark and in Luke, uh, the apostle John is named 20 times. 20 times, but then you read this gospel. One of the reasons we believe and we know that John wrote this book is because when you read the book, he's not mentioned. He's not mentioned. And so that will be weird for any other gospel writer, any other writer, write a narrative of Jesus' life, about Jesus' life, and not mention John unless he was John. And actually, the way that he mentions himself is in the third person. He, he refers to himself at five times in the letter as the disciple who Jesus loved, which is just a great way to identify yourself, isn't it? The disciple Jesus loved. How great is that? How great would that be to, just to know that, that, that to, to wake up every morning. And this is just the thing I'm trying to get around my head around. As I was walking around our block and praying this morning, just thinking about, God actually loves me. Like he, he doesn't, he's not waiting for me. He's not waiting for you to get it all figured out before he loves you. But if I would just adopt John's kind of self-identity there. And, and instead of walking through life as someone maybe that needs to perform, someone that needs to earn something, someone that's messed up and blown it, I'm one of these disciples that Jesus loved. He does. He loves you. He created you. He designed you. We're going to see that next week even more. A little bit this morning. We'll get into the prologue, the first uh, few verses of John. But I just want to start off this morning. If no one's told you yet this week, I want you to know that, that he does, Jesus does love you. He cares about you. And I believe he brought you to this point in this place and, 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 you know, in this place in his word so you can have it on your phone, you can have your Bible open. I hope you have it there. But as you read the book of John, I want you to get to know this Jesus because he, he's worth knowing. He, John, John, John writes about Jesus because he was his best friend. Now, John is the author of five books in the New Testament. He wrote this book that we're reading, this, this, this gospel of John. Gospel means good news. John doesn't actually use the word gospel 
but, um, but, but it is good news about Jesus. And then we have three short letters from John. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And the very last letter in your Bible is um, this, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's really more about Jesus. And so it's, John is at the end of his life, faithful. We believe he's the last disciple to die. He's probably one of the youngest disciples when this whole thing starts. And he's actually been exiled to this island called Patmos. And he has this vision of, of, of Jesus. And he shares that with us in Revelation. And he's a great writer. It's, it's interesting that the, actually the, 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 the vocabulary, the language of John is, is some of the easiest. If you're a Greek student, it's some of the easiest Greek that you could read. But it contains some of the deepest, most profound truths you'll ever read. And so I want us to get to know the author a little bit before we, we jump in. And so that's why I, I, I want you to see who John was. And I want us to emulate him a little bit and, and kind of approach as we read through his letter to his, this gospel together this week. We remember who John was. First, first John was, was not... Um, he was not perfect by any stretch. He wasn't really, he was kind of rough around the edges. In fact, though, but, he, but one thing John did is he just answered Jesus' call. John just answered Jesus' call. He said, Jesus, because he, he started to believe what Jesus said about himself. He trusted Jesus. He followed Jesus. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm going. I want, to, I want you to see something about how what you believe really affects the quality and the quantity of your life. And what John believed about Jesus led him to leave everything. And follow him. So kind of to start our, our study of the Gospel of John, I want you to turn in your Bibles or look it up on your phone, um, um, Matthew. Turn to Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, Matthew, who was a tax collector that left everything to follow Jesus, has recorded for us when Jesus calls the disciples, the, the, the apostles to start to follow him. And in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18, Matthew records that while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. I love that Jesus loves to call fishermen, because I like to fish. And these guys are fishing for a living. But he calls these fishermen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You're going to catch fish, but I want you to go fish and catch people and show people something greater to live for is what he's calling them to do immediately they left their nets and they followed him and then verse 21 going on from there he saw two more fishermen he saw two other brothers james the son of zebedee and john his brother so he mentions their dad's name this is matthew writing and they were in the boat with zebedee their father mending their nets and they're working and he called them and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. So when Jesus calls them, they realize, I can't put this off. Dad had to be a little bit upset with them, right? I mean, dad's there. We're working. We're mending nets. We have a job to do. Jesus comes by, says, you guys come follow me. And at that moment, every other relationship in their life took second, third, fourth, or fifth place, whatever it was. It was Jesus is supreme. And so they leave everything, and they go follow him. And so, so that's where this thing starts. Now, now Jesus actually calls these guys um well the, the bible does in mark chapter 3 verse 17 it says these guys were known as the sons of thunder they're known as the sons of thunder 
Now, which means they're kind of rough around. These are not wimpy, weak little dudes. These are guys, uh, it's in Mark chapter 3, verse 17. And so, so, so they're known as these guys. They have this reputation of being kind of rough and tumble guys. I picture them as kind of, I don't know, we, we started at the Crab Shack. I always kind of picture James and John as being kind of crabbers. Like they're, you, you got to be strong to lift those cages. You got to be tough. You got to be a little rough around the edges uh, to put up with just the weather and the waves. You got to be, you got to be tough to be a sailor and a fisherman. And so these men are strong men, but they're also, when you read the other gospel accounts, you see they're a little bit hot-headed. Even in John's account, you can see it. You can see, you can see these things where they're, they're, they're kind of a little brash, a little bold. Um, and, and yet, yet, in Galatians chapter 2, by the time Paul writes the letter to Galatians, he says that James and John are pillars in the church of Jerusalem. So you have these guys that are rough, but something happens after they follow Jesus that, that transforms them into these, these men that are, that are pillars of the church. What's great about that is it means that whatever your background is, especially those of you that feel like, or even if you're, you're a person that no one ever expected to really follow Jesus, or really help people, really love people. You're the kind of person God loves to transform and change and use to, to change this world and help people see how great he is. So these sons of thunder, that's who John is. You, you see it even after he starts following Jesus, though. These, this personality, just so you know, like if you're kind of a rough and tumble person, God, God will he'll use that. He'll shape it and you'll grow out of it, but it's not always immediate. In fact, if you, if you read through in Mark chapter 9, there was another person casting out demons in Jesus' name, and John comes to Jesus saying, hey, I, I told this guy not to do it. He's, he's kind of wanting to run the show, tell people what to do, what not to do. And um, in Luke chapter 9, uh, these Samaritans rejected Jesus, and John is telling Jesus, saying, Jesus, you want to, let's just call down fire from heaven. Let's just kill all these people. Let's just wipe them out. Like, there's, this is a violent, vindictive, brash dude. I mean, that's who John is. Yet, this guy, John, ends up becoming known as, among scholars really, as the disciple of love. And every time I say that, I just think of Space Cowboy, Steve Miller, and he's the, he's the, what's the, I can't remember his name. Can we call him the Space Cowboy? What's the rest of that song? He speaks of the pompous of love. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. You guys aren't helping me. The gangster love. That's what I think of. So I think John, really, they say he's the, 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 the apostle of love. I think he's the gangster of love because he is all about, when you read First John, he's all about love. He's all about truth. What's great about John, he's about love and truth. He cares about truth, and he wants people to know Jesus and know that they're in the truth. But he becomes, he becomes someone that was known in his former life as being really harsh, being really uh, brash, being a son of thunder, to near the end of his life, being known as the disciple, the apostle of love, baby. And so he's this guy who is, um, it's, just, it's just incredible how the change we see in him. And so I think we have a lot to learn from, from what he has written here. He, 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 you see it going through, I didn't share all the bad stuff. Even Matthew shares that he and his, uh, his brothers, uh, well, he and James, they got their mom to come ask Jesus if, if they could be kind of in charge with Jesus when they thought he was going to kick out Rome and they wanted to be on his cabinet and say, once on your right, once on your left. They were, they were really, really kind of brash like that. But he was also, so he, he did, he, but he first sort of emulated one, when Jesus calls, you follow. So if Jesus is, is speaking to your heart and saying, hey, listen, I'm real, you really need to live for me, quit trying to live for all this other stuff, listen and follow. That's what John did. And then John also, though, even though we see all these things in there, he ends up finishing well, and he's actually faithful to the finish, really the end of his life, 
but the end of Jesus' ministry. At, at the crucifixion, and we saw this around Easter time, at the Easter, Easter morning, at the crucifixion, all the other disciples have left and bailed out on John, but Jesus looks down from the cross, and he actually sees John and his mother Mary sitting there at the foot of the cross. And if you, if you have your Bibles and you flip over to John chapter 19, you'll see in verse 25 that standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So this is the guy that was so close to Jesus. We see at the Last Supper, he's sitting next to Jesus. We see um, just all three. He's in this inner circle of Peter, James, and John. They're the three guys that are with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He is an insider. This is a firsthand account. In fact, the way that he starts his, his letter, if you read 1 John, he starts in 1 John talking about these are the things we have seen, we have touched. I'm not like passing on secondhand information here. But these are things that I've experienced, that I've seen firsthand. And, and, and not, so, not only that, but I was so close to Jesus, I'm there at the cross, and, and he takes Mary into his home and takes care of Jesus' mom probably until she dies. And then, and then he spends the rest of his life serving him. Now, as we go through this letter, we're going to see... We're going to see that, 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 that the one thing, one word that, that John uses, depending on which version of the Bible you read, I think these were from the New American Standard or the ESV, um, the word know in, in two different forms in the Greek is used about 131 times. So John's saying, I want you to know something here. Over and over again, he keeps talking about knowing and know and how to know. And then really the, the key word I want you to understand is he uses the word believe about 98 times. Every time he uses it is in, is in the verb form. Paul will talk about it's the word verb pastuo. It means faith or believing. And, and, and the word, Paul will use it in its noun form, talking about the content of belief, of the truths about Jesus. That's the faith. Or, or, to, or to, to have faith is, is just, that, that's like a noun form. But when John uses this word 98 times, he, he's talking about believing. It's a, it's, it's a verb every time and so what john he wants us to know something and he wants us to believe something and it's interesting that those two things go together because a lot of times people think well, if i'm going to have faith in god i've got to check my brains at the door i'm just going to believe i'm just going to have faith in faith and that's not what the gospel of john is about he's saying i'm going to give you a foundation for what to believe about jesus for what to know about jesus for what to how to love him how to live for him he uses the word truth 49 times or true Witness means a, uh, test, the bear testimony to something. He uses that word 47 times. He uses the word love 47 times. The word word 45 times. We're going to see that a lot more next week as we walk through the first uh, probably 18 verses. But you see what, what he's, he's saying is, I'm, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to be faithful to finish, and, but I'm also going to pass something on. So John, the three things I want you to follow in John's examples, I want you to, one, if Jesus is calling you, follow him. Follow Jesus. Two, be faithful to follow him to the end. That's what this book will help you do. And then three, um, pass on what you know. Because the reality is, reality is, what you believe right now is what you're passing on to your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors. What you believe is what you pass on. 
And so if we believe this truth, if we will believe something about Jesus, we'll pass that on. If we believe that, if some of you, what you believe is that if you're a good person, then you're valuable and then you'll have something to do. And so you're raising kids or you're teaching people or you're treating your employees. As long as you perform, as long as you are, are, are doing what I want you to do, then I will love you. And as long as you, if you don't do what I want you to do, then, then you're, not, you're not valuable. And that's just not what the Bible teaches. If you believe in Jesus, you believe Jesus is the most valuable thing, then you don't live like money is the most important thing. If you believe Jesus is the most important thing, then you don't live like your reputation is the most important thing. If you believe Jesus is most important, you pass that on to the next generation. You don't pass on the idea that, that, that your brand of theology is what your life was all about. You're going to pass on that Jesus is what life is all about. It's not about your politics. It's not about what we think about, what anybody's doing with this coronavirus. It's about that. You're going to pass it on. What you believe is what you pass on. And that's what John passes on to us. As we look at his letter, we see differences in what he's written. He says, you know, he doesn't give us an account, unlike the other three Gospels, of Jesus' birth or his ascension. He doesn't record the institution of the Lord's Supper. There's not one parable written in the Gospel of John. Only John records Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus, the woman of Samaria. Only John records this raising of Lazarus. And this great quote from John 11 where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you'll never die. John's got some great stuff in here. I can't wait to get into it with you. But John, what he does is he passes on what he knew about Jesus. If you flip to the end of the book, to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 31. Really, verse 30, I think, is where we'll see it. Now, Jesus did many other signs, what John said. He did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So he's, he, he's admitting, he's saying, I'm not trying to write everything Matthew wrote. I'm not writing everything Luke wrote. I'm not, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that Jesus did that they didn't write. That The world couldn't contain the books, in fact. In fact, it, but the, these are written, verse 31, so everything that he did wasn't written, obviously. It would be a lot longer book. If he wrote every morning, Jesus woke up, Jesus brushed his teeth, Jesus walked out the door, Jesus had breakfast. He can't, can't write everything. But he's chosen things. The Holy Spirit inspired John to, to write certain things about Jesus. These are written so that, and or that, here's the purpose, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means the Messiah, the one that God has ordained to redeem, to save, to change us. The Son of God. And that by believing, that by believing, you may have life, in his name. See, these things have been written for a reason. So you can believe. There's that word believe. We're going to see it 98 times in this book. 98 times. So you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one that God has sent to save you, the one that God has sent to make things right. He's the anointed of God. He is the Son of God. We'll see that even more next week. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Is, is that the message? Are you passing that on to anyone else? That's why John wrote this. He wrote that to pass it on to us. And then we're to live lives that pass this on to others. See, see, see because, and it, and it matters. This verse is so key because what he's saying is, is, and really what we'll see through this book, is what you believe about Jesus determines the quantity and the quality of your life. What you believe about Jesus determines the quantity and quality of your life. What you believe about Jesus determines, really, what John 3, 16 says, whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting quantity of life. 
Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come, they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. It's also the quality of your life. What you believe, what you choose to believe about Jesus determines the quantity and quality of your life. But this is not just written for people that don't know Jesus. Even though we, we tell new, new believers to read through the gospel of John. But this is written so that you, you can continue to believe, so that your faith will grow stronger. This is written for us to see how big and how great this God is. And so reading this is going to help us to trust. Because if we, because every time you sin, if you're even you're a Christian, every time you sin, it's a, it's a lack of faith. It's because I'm not believing the truth about what God said about something. I'm not believing Jesus. And so every time I worry, I'm not believing Jesus is in control. Every time I worry, I forget that Jesus is actually God, that this whole universe exists by the word of his power. I forget John chapter 1. If we look back there, we won't go there. We'll just touch it for real quick for a second, and then we'll be done. I had a whole lot more in my notes, but I want to give you guys a break today. It's been a long week for some of you, so we're going to have a short time together today, but I want you to take time today and, and take the time that I don't preach and go read the first three chapters of John today, and then we'll work our way through it together. In the very beginning of this letter, this, this gospel, John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, what you believe about Jesus, and we're going to see clearly next week, if you look, jump down to verse 14, you'll see he's talking about Jesus is God come in the flesh. He created everything that exists. He created you created me nothing that exists. He, he's above and outside of creation he is this great big god but what you if you believe that about jesus it affects everything else about your life the quantity and the quality of your life if you think that jesus is the one that makes you right if he's messiah if he's savior then you're going to have eternal life and abundant life now if you don't believe jesus is savior and lord then you won't have eternal life and you won't have an abundant life now you're going to be chasing the next thing all the time. i got to get a vacation. i got to get more money. i got to get my husband, my wife to do this. i got to get my kids to look like this. I've got to get my body to look like this. I've got to do all this. And you're going to look to all these other things to make you okay if you don't know who, that Jesus is the one that makes you okay, that he is God. The economy's not, all this other stuff is not there. And, but you're passing on. If you believe that, then you're going to pass that on to other people. See, the scary thing about this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing is, is that you could, you could be infected with it and you could actually share it. The reason we're not together today is because we have people that are high risk and, 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 and that we could actually share it with you and not know that we have it. And, and, and yet some of you feel like, I think you think that that's what the gospel is. Like nobody can look at you and tell that you're a follower of Jesus, but you're just going to like accidentally pass that on to your kids or your grandkids, or you're going to accidentally actually, you're going to be a good witness for him. You, you, you think that, that you can follow Jesus and nobody knows you have it, but that's just not true. People know whether or not you love Jesus, and they know whether or not he is, you believe what John says about him. So I want us to, to read this to get to know him, because the more you get to know him, the bigger it becomes. And probably the reason maybe you don't talk about him is you don't realize how great he is, how awesome he is. You ever, you, ever, you ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? Not just the one movie thing, but the, the Prince Caspian one. And Prince Caspian, Lucy comes back and she gets to see Aslan. And when she sees Aslan, he tells her, he says, welcome. And, 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 and uh, I saw Hughes shared this. He said that, you know, and, and, and so C.S. Lewis wrote this, this story. And so she sees Aslan and she sees, tells Aslan, says, Aslan, you're, you're bigger. And Aslan who represents Jesus in the, in, the, in the stories, he tells Lucy, he says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger. It's because you're older, little one. And she said, not, what do you mean, because I'm older? Isn't it because you're older? Not because you are? He said, I am not. Jesus doesn't age. <laughs> but every year you grow, you will find me bigger. 
Every year you grow, you will find me bigger. So, so, so today, if you've read the Gospel of John before, it's not going to be a bad thing to read it again. In fact, those of us that are really growing in our faith, we read this book through every year. We keep reading it every day. There's not a page that, those of you that have been Christians for a while, there's not a page in this book you haven't written, yet those that are strong in their faith, every day they get up, they spend time in this book. And so when we go through this book, we're going to come back and we're going to see things like in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we just start to marinate, and let that marinate, that truth of that God, Jesus has been there since the very beginning before any of this was created. This is the one that loves us. This is the one that's in charge of our destiny. And we rest in that. But it's also the, the, the more we know him, the bigger he gets, then we're going to pass that on. Because what we believe about Jesus and what we pass on for others to believe about him directly affects the quality and quantity of our lives. So, so I want you to take time this week. Because here, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. There's not going to be a whole lot of new news about this thing, right? It's like there's, you can watch the ticker and see all these things come up. And it's getting, it's getting, it's affecting a lot of us even more. Like we're praying for Deb's, I think it was her sister we're praying for, the people that we know that have, that have actually contracted it now. And so be aware of those things and pray for those things. But man, I'm telling you, just, just get, get the update. Figure out if you can go to the beach or not. But don't spend hours on the news. Don't even spend hours. Facebook can be a wormhole. YouTube can be a wormhole. I mean, just make sure you're spending time in this book and get truth. And share truth about Jesus. Share things that will encourage and help people. Don't you share things that will criticize people? Let's, let's share about Jesus during this time. Let's get to know him. And the more you know him, the bigger he gets. And every year we grow, the, the, greater, the greater we understand that he is. So that's why we're going to study the Gospel of John. That's why we're coming back to this. So I just want to invite you. I just want to, I want to know, do you, have you believed in Jesus? Because he said, he said in John 1.12, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, to those he gave the power. He gave them the right to become the children of God. That's, that's, that's where this thing ultimately goes. We'll look at more, more of that next week. But this morning, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that if you haven't received him, you need to do that. You need to do that today, even right now, right where you sit. You don't need to walk an aisle. You can do that where you're sitting right there in your, your, your kitchen table, in your pajamas. I want to invite you to do that, just like I did on July 15th, 1989. July 15th, 1989, I read the Gospel of John. July 14th, July 15th, 1989, I said, Jesus, I believe you're king, and I've got to turn from my sin and follow you. And so that's, that's what I want to invite you to do. Will you pray with me together right now? Because if you believe, you'll have life. And if you know him, if you have believed, the longer you know him, the bigger he gets. And we're going to read John together this week. That's what I want you to do. Have you, have you answered Jesus' call to follow him? If you have, if you want to stay faithful to the finish, you need to read this book. That's what John did. He, I mean, he, John, John faithfully followed Jesus to the end. And, he, and he's recorded all these things about Jesus that helped him stay faithful to the end. So it makes sense to get to know Jesus. It's not just faith in faith. There's, there's an actual person that's revealed himself to us in this book. And I want you to know him, get closer to him. And when you know who he is, then you can pass on what you really know about him. You can make sure what you know is true about him, what you believe is true. That's how we know. We're getting a firsthand account. But if you've never surrendered your life to him, I want to invite you to do that just right now, just right where you sit. Just, just, will you bow your heads with me and just pray? Just say, Lord, if, you, if you've never trusted Christ and he's been calling you, which I'm not saying audibly you've heard anything, but you know in your heart he's been drawing you. You know that, that you become aware that he loves you and that you've sinned against him. 
what John's going to show us is that Jesus lived this perfect life and then he was crucified for us. And he's crucified for us because our sin deserves death. And when he dies on that cross, he took the wrath that I deserve, that you deserve. And so if you will turn from your sin and trust him today, you can be forgiven. You can be, you'll have eternal life. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. You just tell them that. Say, Lord, today, I'm going to believe. Believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe that, that you are God and you are king. And so I want to surrender my heart to you. I want to follow you the rest of my life. I want to finish faithful like John. Here's my life, Lord. That's where this thing starts, is surrendering your heart to Jesus. And that's the message we have to share with others. Maybe this week you've been discouraged, you've been exhausted, you've been tired, you've had to make, I don't know, maybe you just went stir crazy. I'll tell you, instead of kind of going down these rabbit holes of news articles or just pummeling your brain with Netflix, get alone. Go for a walk with the Lord. Get alone with His Word. Say, God, speak to my heart through your word this week and read one of his best friend's accounts of his life and get to know Jesus. Read through John, the Gospel of John, three chapters a day. Because the quality and quantity of your life is determined by what you believe about Jesus, so it makes sense that you would want to think about him. Father, I do pray that as we open your word together this week, that you would, you would, you would show us Show us how great Jesus is or show us who you are. Show us how much you love us, Lord. Lord, encourage my brothers and sisters that are just struggling right now. I pray for healing for those uh, that have been infected, especially, I think it's Deb's sister. Thank you for the way you've been healing and working um, through Lua and Lewis. I pray you continue to do that. So many other requests we've been praying for. I pray we see what work in those things. God, I know this word, that your, your word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, God, will you, you use your truth this week in our hearts, even as we read John 1 through 3? God, today, that we would read this, we would hear from you. You would, I don't know, maybe you would open some eyes. Maybe some people that have been doubting and not sure about whether or not they can trust you or whether or not they really believe, Lord. I pray that they would be encouraged by some that are listening to read this together. And as they read through this, will you open their eyes to see how much you love them, to see how great you are? Because, God, you are bigger than we think. You are better than we think. And so, Lord, show us that. Show us that through your word as we, as we walk through this study together. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being in control. Help us pass on the truth about you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.